Well, good morning. It's great to see you all here. And uh, welcome again to this amazing morning. It's, uh, we have people going through a faith, or one person going through a faith step called baptism. And we have an amazing couple in our congregation who are dedicating their long-awaited child to the Lord. And uh, we currently aim to do these sorts of services four times a year. And uh, these times are a very moving time for us. Our whole families are blessed. And the church does some significant family time as we gather in these spaces. So, um, yeah, what, what you're seeing here today, you, if you've come as a guest, thank you for coming out today. And from a church perspective, these moments that we're about to be entering into are actually rather sacred times for us. And uh, so uh, thank you for joining in with us on these things. For those visiting, we have been talking lately on the Christian perspective of how one pursues wisdom. We're using a book in the Bible called Proverbs as our inspiration. This is primarily a bunch of sayings and lessons on wisdom provided to us mainly by King Solomon. Today we're going to be reading what he has to say in Proverbs chapter 22. It's going to be on screen shortly, and you can find it in page 631 of the Black Bibles that are dotted around the building as well. I'm aware that some of us here today may be new to a church setting. Maybe the Bible is a new thing to engage with. I respect that it's I remember the first day I walked into a church, I remember my first time, and I, I know how much there is to take in and to, to, uh, to sort of uh, learn as you go, and, and um, I'm hoping today that you find your feet quite well today. I'm also hoping that you'll get a feel for some things that Christianity actually stands for as we read this passage today, and also that... You can, we can all sort of together ponder its meaning in light of today's events. I'm also hopeful that you'll see something interesting and even exciting about what is written here too, and hopefully something that drives us to further conversation beyond our one morning together. So we're going to read out part of this passage, just the first half of this, of this uh, chapter together today, and it's Proverbs chapter 22, and we're going to read from verse 1 through to 16 today. And uh, we're going to ponder some ideas, some brief ideas out of this before we get into our main event today. Verse 1. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is maker of them all. The prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. In the paths of the wicked are snares and pitfalls. But those who would preserve their life stay far from them. Start children off in the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Whoever sows injustice reaps calamity, and the rod they wield in fury will be broken. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. 
Drive out the mocker, and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. One who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but he frustrates the word of the unfaithful. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the public square. The mouth of an adulterous woman is a deep pit. A man who is under the Lord's wrath falls into it. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. One who oppresses the poor to increase his wealth, and one who gives gifts to the rich, both come to poverty. Let me stop there. There's a lot to think about there. If this is all new, you might just be seeing a series of good sayings. And admittedly, one or two confronting ones too. Today, I would love for us to come with me together as we scratch below the surface of that and ponder these as a pathway for the way we live out our lives. See them as a series of values that one can hold to in this life and a series of possible outcomes those values can lead to. If we look at it in that light, the first value we're introduced to here is one of putting reputation ahead of wealth. For Solomon, he writes here that it's not what we're worth that really makes us, but the reputation we've gained. This can actually be quite uh, countercultural in the Western context that we're in. I wonder if we can see the value of such an outlook that I would rather be thought of well, I would, rather for, I would rather be known for my good than for my wealth. I think that's a great value to, to consider together. The next value we see here is to see people the same no matter what or where they're coming from. In Christian talk, we're told that all of humankind is made in the image of God. The very first chapter of the Bible makes this clear. Those in places of power, in prominence or wealth, actually have no place looking down on those who haven't got what we have. Feeding off of this, we see that the rich must not oppress the poor, particularly for personal gain at their expense. And this proverb shows us that there is a propensity in the world around us for the rich to be rulers and enslavers of the poor. Even in our lending, we can bring strings attached that actually enslave others. This Proverbs series here value, uh, endorses values like humility. Nobody likes an obnoxious bragger, right? Neither does the Lord. There is a sense of honour in being humble, particularly before the Lord. We see a value here of being deliberate about the journey of life one takes. There's a deliberately wicked way that will be hazardous, where the warning signs of foolishness are ignored and people get into trouble because of it. Have you ever ignored a sign? I did that out in country Victoria one day. There was a sign that said, a, a, a road that was gazetted road said you will have a water crossing on this gazetted road. 
I ignored that until I got to it and realized, oh my goodness, can my vehicle get through this? Sometimes we're good at ignoring signs around us, and in life it's the same. But those who decidedly choose wisdom and right will avoid those pitfalls. There's a value of justice and a value of generosity written of here. In this context and in this understanding, generosity means to have good eyes. When we translate it back, that's what it means. Generosity in the Bible is to have good eyes, to see things well, to see things right. Those with good eyes will see the poor as their equal before God and they will share what they have with them and be blessed. Justice here and elsewhere in Proverbs is tied to this idea. Proverbs 31 says to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. We see a value for honest work humorously thrown in here. The sluggard, the lazy person, well, they will say there's a lion outside. Lions did not walk the public squares of Israelite cities. This is actually a satirical picture of a person who will find any excuse not to do any work. If you're a parent, you know your kids will find any excuse not to do the housework, right? Sometimes in adulthood, we see people who will find any excuse not to do their job either. We see a value for having a heart that wants to do good. A pure heart is praised here. A graceful tongue is praised here. A rejection of mockery is praised here. Peacemaking is implied in all this. And moral standards are certainly praised also. And there's an acceptance of and a willingness to give correction and discipline. And it's praised here as a way of addressing folly and pursuing wisdom in its place. When we consider all those things, we see quite a pathway. Let me sum it up. Reputation, better than wealth. Everyone equally important to the God who made us all. The poor to be treated properly by the rich and not oppressed or enslaved. Humility before both God and humankind. Choosing a path of wisdom and right, not wrong and folly or foolishness. Choosing carefully which pain we'll embrace. The pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Looking for and speaking up for justice. Having good eyes with the natural outcome being generosity. Having a good work ethic. And having a heart to do good. Demonstrated in the words we speak, in the purity of our heart, and in the motivations and the morality we adopt as our own. How do they go in us? How present are these values in our lives? Do we major in some but lack in others? 
I know all of, all of us can do that at times, can't we? Sometimes we focus on one thing to the detriment of others. Sometimes we ignore things simply because it's not convenient to do so. Did we hold some of these in our youth but wonder where they went now? Do we identify some that we really should take back or adopt again? And as we think about this morning, how on earth did all this come up when some of us simply came to celebrate with a family and their new arrival this morning? Or celebrate with a, a, a young lady and her choice to be baptized? In the midst of this pathway is a verse I haven't touched on yet. Verse 6. Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Throughout all of the book of Proverbs, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. These values and many others are repeated several times over. We also see repeated phrases in Proverbs which indicate that Solomon is instructing his children with these sayings. So all these things we've just written about are values that parents instill into their children's value system well before the world around them gets to mess with it. You guys are blessed beyond measure with the arrival of your child. We're incredibly wrapped for you both as a church. We respect that it's been a real journey to get here, right? I also think you're aware of the responsibility as parents you now have. Your job is to actually take those values, among others, and adopt them into in your own way and instill them into your little girl. If this chapter is a pathway to a godly life, you and all parents here, you are setting your children at the start of a path like this. You're committing to walking with your child along this path. Committing to shield your children where appropriate. Committing to discipline your children where appropriate. And committing to let them walk that path alone where appropriate also. Trusting your heart's, the child's heart. Trusting the training that you've done. And trusting the presence of God over their life. 